That's true. It is, it is kind of, it's a lot to do a sustained bit for a whole episode. We've never even sustained a bit ever. I mean, you know, I'm okay with doing the bit and trying to sustain it as long as there is the the proviso that we will break the fourth wall from yeah. the outset. Like, That's this is the... probably embedded into the beginning of the, the show. Um, and I will just, I just want to point out for the record, I never thought I would say this, but I guess it's a new year. Um, I am the least nonlinear I'm advocating for the least non the the, the most, most linear, linear thank you <laughs> option. I'm the most rational person on this podcast at the moment. That has never happened. Wow. I yeah. This yeah, is yeah. scary. I, this is I I didn't intend for this to be serious where like we're Simon's doing post production to like bring in the gunshot sounds. Of, <laughs> what like, are you even talking about? War happening outside our window, which is what 2019 will actually end as. Yikes. But it just like obviously we're gonna mess up and that adds you know humor humility and humanity to the podcast okay wow, uh, okay hello welcome to hacks it's a tech podcast my name is simon and the whole crew is here today we've got morale hi and rosemary hey everyone and Rob. Hello, listeners. And you did not hear us wrong. It is, uh, as we record this, it is January 7th, 2020. Jeez. You know, I know that I said at the start of 2019 that it was going to feel like the world's longest year, like in recorded history. And I think now that it's finally over, I mean, that was dead on, right? Did that not just feel endless? It was a wild ride. Yes. That year? 2019. It feels like we lived two years in the space of one. What is time? <laughs> what is time indeed? We hate to do the cliched podcast thing and talk about the year that's coming. So we thought instead we'd talk about the year that just happened. Or more specifically, we're going to look back at our 2019 predictions. Yeah, we thought we would really scrape the bottom of the content barrel Again. and go back to the beginning of 2019 and yeah. find some takes that we thought were really wrong and then call those losers out. Yeah. So, um, where do we want to start, Rob? I know that, uh, you had, you, you've, you've selected some, some material for us. Indeed. So I think that people thought of 2018 as the year that society's faith in social media and technology companies started to ebb away. But I think it's really 2019 that'll be remembered as, um, the year that that faith really crumbled. Yeah. Um, and, uh, one of the best takes from that old past time that I found uh, was by a guy named Aram Zucker Scharf. No, uh, was a very that is not his name. name. <laughs> that is his name. Any relation? Uh, no. <laughs> you sure? He spells it the wrong way. S-C-H-A-R-F. I think that's actually the right way. Um, so you can find him on Twitter um, in its dying days uh, at uh, Krontope. Uh, so if you just search Google for the metrics are bullshit, you'll find his thread. Um, he's a reporter uh, who's been um, looking at ad tech for a really long time. Uh, and this is a very long thread. Uh, that's about the fact that, um, you know, a lot of um, the advertising and user numbers um, that these technology companies uh, use to measure their success are completely fake. Um, and not that ad tech companies are um, making up the numbers of users, but that um, over time, um, the number of users that these companies see using their services um, have become more and more bot-based. 
Um, so, you know, about the same uh, number of humans accessing Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, what have you. Um, but every year, more and more bots doing it. So there are a lot of really interesting examples in his thread, but he talks about how um, something like $8.2 billion of advertising revenue for these tech companies isn't generated by humans viewing ads, but bots viewing ads. So if I wrote a bot to go and um, boost my you know, viewership numbers on YouTube, or not that we need it anymore, but boost our listenership numbers for this podcast, um, uh, the, the bot that I write would be loading web pages which have ads, which are counted as real viewership, but it's not a human viewing those ads. So about $8.2 billion is being generated out of nowhere uh, by the eyeballs of bots. Um, and he also posts research that says that only about 8.2% um, of ads online are viewed by real humans, which is quite staggering. Yeah, but how is he getting those metrics? And also, well, what's a, a human? I mean, I would like to point out that the bots having eyes is like extremely ocular centric. <laughs> <laughs> well, they only have them because it makes them, um, you know, more palatable for us. The eyes. Yeah. Yeah, because we can't. <laughs> I think this is an interesting trend that we've seen in the past year and that we'll continue to see. I mean, it's not something new, right? It's this idea that um, if you kind of apply some kind of scientific constraint if you apply this notion of kind of uh, summary statistic or even kind of statistical analysis, um, then that's good enough um, to count. But nobody really kind of, uh, often you don't see a lot of interrogation of kind of um, how data are cooked, so to say, and sliced and diced and manipulated. Um, so yeah, I think that's cool. So great. <laughs> Very good take. <laughs> First podcast back from holidays. But the people. basic point is that that it's just one more uh, nail in the coffin of social media. Is, th is that what you're saying, Rob? Yeah, social media and and um, the the core metrics that technology companies worship, which are like the monthly active users, right? Which is based mm -hmm. on like page views, um, data that they collect um, through advertisers as sort of a, a proxy for the number of people viewing or using the site. You know, and, and we saw that start to really have an effect in 2019. Um, right. So one of the things that is talked about in this thread is the inversion, yeah. um, which was uh, coined by YouTube engineers um, in 2018 when they realized that almost 50% of the traffic on YouTube was just bots, right? So they're sort of crawling um, the graph of videos and links to other videos, and the bots are viewing these videos um, in peculiar ways. And what the um, researchers or the engineers at YouTube realized was um, when that number becomes over 50%, um, the algorithms that, that detect bot-based traffic and separate it from human traffic would actually flip over. And so uh, YouTube would start to consider the bot traffic as the human traffic and the human traffic as undesirable bot traffic on the YouTube network. Um, and we saw that happen, obviously, in March. Um, now, YouTube is just entirely the playground of bots now and humans aren't allowed on, which I have my love of Dungeons and Dragons lore videos is well documented on this podcast. So that was a real loss for me. It's incredible that fully 75% of YouTube is now those creepy fetishistic uh, AI generated quote unquote children's videos that are not safe for work. Can I just jump in here? Um, I want to go back to something, Rosemary, you pointed out that it was kind of, you thought saw this as maybe another nail in the coffin for social media, but I see it as kind of just another source of energy to kind of sustain new forms of, um, to allow for new ways to kind of hedge risk for them to, you know, speculate more supposed profits. Well, I was going to say, because even though those figures that you cite, Rob, 
Uh, isn't it, isn't it still the case that uh, humans still participate in this because on an average of three hundred hours are uploaded to YouTube every every minute over the day by no, robots? Hum- humans, <laughs> humans. How do we know they're human? Yeah, well, I mean, good question. Y- yeah. You know, right? I'm not saying that um, before the fall, as I call it, um, humans didn't use YouTube. I mean, obviously they did. I, I guess the the real question that's being raised is, you know, how effective is um, the idea of facing the success of these sites and apps, what have you, on advertising numbers, right? Like, even when it's humans viewing um, ad tech products, um, research shows that, like, they don't really influence people's buying decisions, right? Like people are very well trained by this point to look away from internet ads to, you know, do stuff like just uh, turn away from the screen um, when the video ad comes on or to use ad blocking technology um, to get around those ads. Okay, so a few things on that. One, well, okay, I'm going to bracket a couple things. (laughs) The one thing I want to focus on about what you're just talking about is how has this all, what does all mean in the context of the, you know, our technology actually listening to us? So even if you're not looking at the ads, um, we know for a fact now um, and have for some time that uh, it doesn't matter because they're listening um, and they're able to kind of capture data no matter what. Um, And so maybe we don't see kind of um, a correlation or even a causation between um, ad ad tech and our, you know, visual consumption of it. But what's to say that it's not influencing our decisions otherwise? Yeah, I mean, that's always been the long game of of these firms, right? Is to like build the complete behavioral profile of yeah. you. The immersive um, world. Yeah, so that it can be, you know, uploaded to a robotic consciousness. Right, and then you can be 4D printed and shipped to the, you know, to the authorities that they require. But wait, aren't they the authorities? <laughs> Here's the timeline as I remember it. So... It really started when, um, in March of last year, as you'll remember, 2019, President Trump died from a massive speedball overdose. And uh, incidentally, that's also what um, killed Twitter, because as it turns out, with Trump gone, he was actually the only real Twitter user. <laughs> and uh, after that, the the AIs just couldn't keep up. So that was the end of uh, of Jack and his pals. Things got, got real weird. We never thought we'd miss... Our dear old boy, the, uh, Jack? the, the Twitter. <laughs> no, uh, Trump. <laughs> it's been a weird, weird year, but I yeah. think you know to go back to. So, what do you make of this whole inversion? Like, what does it mean, um, and what does it portend? Well, I can add to something there. Another thing that happened in 2019 that uh, contributed to the demise of the human uh, human um, interacted uh, social media world. And that's the um, bl- the complete merging of photography with illustration. This is a, a re- result of uh, the way that AIs inside camera phones uh, now compensate for a photograph taken with uh, visual data, with that data that would otherwise be missing. So the indexical photograph of that we remember from the 20th century no longer exists. The a- analog photography is just a strange hobby of weird people (laughs) and slash real journalists and then the internet is just papered over many times over by these these strange um ai created uh, illustrations of of, uh, of reality so um 
there has been a backlash against that is that is that yeah we said let's just give uh, the internet and social media to the bots the main thing is that nobody on the internet no bot on the internet knows what's actually happening in the in the analog world rosemary i think that um the the tagline of uh, you know photography merging with illustration is a really poetic way to put it um the the advances in like combining computation and photography are really in some ways amazing right like um uh the what are now the old um pixel phones from google but in uh 2019 were the new pixel phones um have this um feature called night mode i think it's called something dark mode um anyway so the the idea is that you can take um regular photos with your phone um in a dark place no flash or anything um, and through the magic of machine learning, um, those photos will be um, corrected such that when you actually see them on your screen later, um, all the details uh, in the photo are made out to sort of a normalized level of lighting. The same and you will you see the true face of God. Every photo actually includes the face of Satan <laughs> on it. But otherwise, um, you see the stuff in the photo as you would with your eye, right? Like cameras are really bad at, at um, sort of normalizing light in dark conditions. So that's that's really cool, and that's really good for you know people who aren't taking photos in broad daylight, which is most of the time. I you know as someone who's extremely low vision, I find it offensive actually because <laughs> because it's assuming using... that you are that you have regular vision. Yeah, it's like I don't see that. That's not a, who did you use to <laughs> so model? You, you it? want to go back to 2017 where all photos were bad. Where like yeah, yeah every I time I took a picture field. in the dark, um, it looked exactly the way that i see it which is to say <laughs> that i can't see <laughs> with my finger right on the uh the lens but um i think you know well it also kind of uh, that it, it is an interesting kind of um i guess innovation if you want to put it that way but it's also really cringy because then you can just go around taking pictures of things that you shouldn't be able to render um, oh just because it's dark cause it's it means dark, that you want to like, like suppress free speech no like you just photo? go around taking photos of people in the night I don't know. There's something kind of it is a bit cringy, don't you think? Yes, I, to I agree. Have access to mm-hmm. have yeah, like it's an amplification essentially of kind of um, uh, technological uh, abilities that allow you to do a thing better than you could before. And in this case, that means you can creep on people. It means you can follow them. PIs loved it. We saw that um, throughout this past year in yeah. 2019. But like. PIs are also cringy as fuck. Okay, what about all the missing children that were found because of night mode? <laughs> wow, you can't Pixel just like. 3. Okay, that was in, not in part of the lore we discussed. In 2019, which really happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess it has like. I mean, once again, we see that the technology cuts both ways. It is something that allows for you know the cultivation of hope um, <laughs> and you know maybe kind of enduring life uh, in the present moment, but also is uh, used to capture information and uh, weaponize it and come out of it. Oh my god, Morel, you're really bringing out the thesis statements this episode, like it's the last ever of hacks. Congratulations, <laughs> by the, the way, on, on, on finishing your thesis this year, Morel. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> yes, 2019, I finally finished my, my doctorate. About the photography, too, the, to add to what Morel said, is that not only can the, these this machine learning um, inside your a uh, very sophisticated smartphone add detail that uh, you otherwise would not be able to photograph. It also, if if there's too much light, it will also balance that out. So basically what you get is kind of airbrushed, airbrushed reality. Mm-hmm. And what you're seeing 
now or what you were seeing at the beginning of 2019 a lot of the time was um you know sort of this this automatic position where selfies or the casual picture of two people standing next to each other are like always facetuned yep. right so like there is an automated airbrushing that like we can assume has happened well, most of the time i think you're all revising history a little bit because if if i recall correctly one of the first instantiations of that technology led to um like a really shitty face tuning where i forget what it's called but do you remember that was it a person who tried to fix an old painting of jesus christ oh yeah oh yes <laughs> yeah yes a well made like they all person. ended up looking just like yeah. really shitty <laughs> um so i think you know you can't forget that technology has to advance and at first in june or in the first quarter of, of 2019 which has passed um that was really bad. And in fact, I believe some heads rolled at Google. Um, it's crazy that they actually guillotined Eric Schmidt. I was not <laughs> expecting that. You finally got your it. wish, Simon. <laughs> Woo! Slicey boy. I think, you know, one of the things that is interesting about that point, Rosemary, is that like, will it actually end up being something that is uh, venerated or is it going to be something that people just laugh at kind of like Google glass? Well, I I think we're, we're rapidly approaching the point where, you know, deep fakes are going to become normalized the same way that like night mode or um, uh, uh, face tuning has, right? Like um, even at the end of 2019, uh, convincing deep fakes still require like a fair amount of computational time and intensity um, and, and forethought to put into practice, but it won't be that long until you have them in your pocket, right? And like you're merging videos that you have taken in the instant um, that you're taking them with something that's completely imagined. Yeah, this whole, um, the deep fake thing is really interesting too, because it really, I think, is an interesting kind of um, visual representation um, or actually visualization of the um, the present moment in like a post-truthy world where it's like, we use so much visual evidence, especially video, to um, solidify what we think we know about the world. So then what happens next, right? Yeah, it's all post-fact now. There's no like, yeah. I, I was there and experienced something with my eyes, right? It's just evidence of what happened. It finally doesn't matter if you were there. Yeah. But it's post-facts except for everybody who left left the, so- the world of social media in 2019. Because there, there was a yeah. backlash. And what did that look like, Rosemary? The backlash? Well, I mean, it started with, you know, obviously when Twitter got shuttered that I think a lot of people felt like, oh, I don't actually have to do this. I know I felt that way. (laughs) My job. That there is an outside world. um, And, you know, the the best thing to do with your time is just put on a a yellow vest and go outside (laughs) and and really let people know how you feel about carbon taxes. I mean, (laughs) on that point, I think one thing we should really mention was the the big all vest march that took place globally is <laughs> all vest matter all vest matter and everyone took their phones out and threw them in the air and then like blew graduation. them up yeah yeah because it was kind of a big uh, recalcitrant moment of like saying no no we're done social media we're emancipating ourselves into these vests yeah the, the, the yellow vests transition into a luddite movement so gradually i didn't even notice <laughs> but it's too we have no records of that moment because obviously cameras were not allowed so right and that was really when the movement one how would ironically you know if it's failed. real yes <laughs> there were some downsides to 2019 that we haven't really gotten to yet um and to sort of help go over those i wanted to actually cheat a little bit and go back to my actual prediction from uh, the start of 2019, which is that uh, I thought, and I think I was right in a way that was, I could not have predicted, um, 
that I thought 2019 would be the year that sort of 2016 finally ended. Like, <laughs> we, like, we, um, I'm not even really joking. Like, you know, it's sort of the year that we kind of got over the the political shock of, you know, Brexit actually happened and we kind of got used to uh, to Trump being around, of course, right up until he croaked. Um, and, of course, the conservative backlash that I've long uh predicted on on this show happened and of course now we live under prime minister andrew Scheer. Oh, so <laughs> so that you know, note tastes good <laughs> i did, well, I, did I, mean, I did not think that was a winning slogan but <laughs> i couldn't have predicted you know the, the why of it because you know things just went so far into crazy directions and that's why we got through it but no i i, I mean i do think that 2019 did in fact end up being the year that we kind of finally got adjusted. We readjusted after that series of political shocks. And now we've realized that there is no turning the clock back. Like there is yeah. no going back to the time before that. You know, there was that failed movement for a, a people's vote in Britain. Oh, we can just, you know, undo the vote, which of course uh, didn't end up happening. And, um, you know, people realized that they couldn't go to a, back to a, a pre-Trump or a, a pre uh, a pre-faked fake news era, right? Like you have to form uh, you sort of a, a new, you have to, you have to adjust to the new reality and like it or not. I think this is the year that finally happened. Yeah. Well, not only with Andrew Scheer, but also with um, the conservatives taking back power in Alberta um, in the Canadian context that we saw, you know, it's just been a rough, rough year all around nationally, I think for us. <laughs> <laughs> The good news is houses are affordable now. Oh, yes. There was the big financial crisis and uh, related real estate crash of 2019, um, which saw everyone um, who bought, you know, um, <coughs> at variable interest rates and 5% down um, a few years back, really getting shut out of the market. Yeah. I mean, if if you are listening to this episode somehow at the beginning of 19, I would urge you to sell Everything you have, uh, yeah. especially if it's real estate, immediately. Especially in Toronto. Yes. Or Vancouver and Victoria, mm -hmm. you know, any major city. That's Actually, right. on, yeah, I mean, on that point, I recall on January 7th, 2019, receiving an email notice that uh, Bitcoin has surged 5% um, in just a few hours. And was that kind of um, evidence of a future mooning? And uh, as, as Rosemary said, we certainly saw that throughout yeah. the year. I mean, Simon and I are laughing uh, here and here with our Bitcoin millions. Yeah, I mean, I never thought I would be a Bitcoin maximalist, but um, fine. I mean, it, like like I said, it's been a crazy year. You got to face up to reality, and this is the new reality. Tasting? They are it's, delightful. They're, it's really uh, they're made from real baby stem cell. It's <laughs> so funny how. Um, Short lived your ideals are uh, when you're really fucking rich, right? Like, it's true, kinda, yeah. You, I have noticed a real change in you over the last year, Simon. Yeah, well, uh, I, I, like I said, you can never predict uh, a, a sea change, especially in yourself. I mean, I think all of this kind of illustrates um, that a lot happened in 2019, and, and it reminds me, um, you know, one of the things that we know that you're a part of, at least, or were, Simon, was the deep state. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, th those records are all public now, so we can talk about it. <laughs> we can talk about it. Um, yeah. And so the, uh, I guess the tweet that I want to focus on um, that I used to, okay, now did I, in this episode, do I predict 
what happened? No, you're or you're, how does this no. you're an archivist <laughs> going back to the archives. So I'm looking at the tweet from the early yeah. part of January the year 7th, that shaped the year. The tweet I want to focus on, um, I think that really kind of captured the year, um, is by uh, Kim.com. <laughs> at Kim.com. Famous Hell um, yeah. EDM oh, right. musician. Is really? Mm-hmm. He was a. I know he's a father of five, according to his Twitter bio. He's married to a woman who is 25 years younger than he is. He's Look a, at that guy. So his, his Twitter pair, profile, pair. his Twitter bio says, I've never actually, I don't even know who this person is. Entrepreneur, innovator, gamer, artist, internet freedom fighter, and with an ampersand, father of five. And fugi- fugitive so from one thing. Yes, well, yeah. and also whistleblower. He's now been cleared of all charges. Thank you very much. Whistleblower. Um, um, if I can just go back to the bio, though, I do feel that, like, the the mark of Cain is having the word gamer in your bio. It's <laughs> true. Every time you see that, you do know that it's you're in trouble. Although, obviously, um, video games have replaced the military now. Um, so I do, I do respect our troops. But still, you know. So the thing that kills me about this Twitter bio is, like, Every time I see, okay, entrepreneur is cringy, but then innovator is such a funny... You can't call yourself Like, What does that mean to be an innovator? Like, if I put a new combination of spreads on my toast in the morning that I haven't thought about, do I get to claim innovation? The Hacks team, we are definitely innovators in the way we're doing this podcast. Yeah, definitely. Innovators. Yes. That's a bit presumptuous to call oneself an innovator. Well, um, but remember that in- innovation isn't necessarily good. I mean, as we're proving yes. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny. Um, okay, but yeah, so Kim.com, this innovator, father of five, freedom fighter. Um, disruptor. Un- un- disruptor on January 7, 2017. Or no, wait. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I love that your sense of time is so advanced that it's actually a problem. <laughs> I have, I'm so confused, everybody. I'm always confused. Um this year, the criminals who run the deep state will be exposed. The shareholders profiting from war and chaos. The billionaires who turn democracy into an illusion. They own politicians, judges, and all your data. They are the biggest pirates in history. Want to know who they are? Um, so I thought that was pretty searing hot take. Uh, we all laughed. Kim.com. We all laughed at the time, yeah. Yeah, but now we know that he's totally right. Um, what do you make of this, folks? Like I said at the time, it was funny, hilarious even, but now it's just, it's sobering. Like I have a, a bead of cold sweat running down the right side of my face uh, when I think back on those days and when, uh, you know, the, when the Q army emerged and um, the severed heads of everyone they ever named as uh, as, as a conspirator were, were raised high and the, the, the proof was uploaded to the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> it is so wild to, you know, stand at the modern gates of Babylon, really, I mean, and, and be there among the crowds. Like you think about like when Jesus was being led uh, to the crucifix, that's what it was like watching those military tribunals on television. Right. And yeah. it was all real. Like Pizzagate is real. It seems obvious now, right. In retrospect. Yeah. yeah obvious. Um, Can you refresh but, everyone's memory? What's Pizzagate? Well, Pizzagate uh, was, TLDR. is, um, essentially a demonic um child trafficking ring um that is run out of the basement of a pizza shop and if you're listening to this in 2018 you think that's ridiculous it can never be true but there were millions of people who believed that it was 
um, until the the moment that it was proven by um, an anonymous person on 4chan. Can I just jump in there and add a personal anecdote regarding Pizzagate? Um, Please do. So for a long time now, because it's 2020, um, I guess we have a four-year-old. And for years, my kid hated pizza. (laughs) And I didn't know why. But now I know that she had the sense. She had a sense that she knew about the deep state. Even kids understand. They don't, people don't think that kids are stupid. They are so good at picking up what's around them and what's in their environs. And I should have listened when she said, Mama, no, pizza is yucky. <laughs> and she was trying to warn us. <laughs> she was trying to warn us. You know, to it me, still, to me, still the craziest part of, of the Q trials and everything that happened is that it turns out the only innocent man in Hollywood, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we joke about it now, and it is a deadly serious thing. But, you know, I, I think the whole QAnon thing goes toward what we were talking about earlier, that, like, um, we can't trust the, the even the images that we see anymore, really. And all that matters is the belief that brings us together. Uh, and so, you know, to be on a, a message board with the ill repute of 4chan and be talking about... Um, the overthrow of society just because one of the posters says he's embedded within the deep state. I mean, it says something powerful about like how much we distrust the world around us. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, killery. And, and I have to say that like ever since, uh, you know, like as, as you mentioned, I've, I've become exorbitantly wealthy over the past year. And ever since I had you all replaced with simulacra AI voice machines, um, I have to say, I've enjoyed recording the show a lot more. <laughs> the scheduling has gotten a lot easier, probably. Absolutely. So much easier. God, you guys were a pain in the ass to deal with. It's very easy to sit back and laugh about, you know, the ills of the past year. But um, I think if anything, looking at these tweets kind of illustrates just like at what a bizarre moment we are and how I really, f- when when 2018 ended, in 2019 started i was asleep but uh in in my time metaphorically no literally i fell asleep well before um the end of the year but i recall when i waking up and and someone pointed out that it was a new year um that i was really like confused and i've I've felt kind of this increasing sense of confusion and like disenchantment with time passing because like i just feel like what you said simon earlier is so true where um and this resonates for me personally where what I don't think there's any way out. It's just going to go terribly wrong from here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> and that's why we're now the number one podcast on Patreon. 100,000 subscribers, baby. Also, we're the only ones left on Patreon because everyone else had principles. That's right. Um, yeah, that's my take. Yeah, I think you're right. Happy New yeah. Year. <laughs> such a hopeless show (laughs) no i mean some of it was some of it was was hopeful earlier earlier the oceans are irradiated but everyone i know has super strength that was a good thing that happened this year it was great for the economy it's great for the economy (laughs) oh my gosh um i don't know i think there was some good television probably that came out you were pacified very well this year by the media (laughs) That last season of Game of Thrones, I must say, had a lot more man-on-dragon action than I was anticipating. <laughs> when um, they crowned the horse as the ruler of the Seven Kingdoms, I was like, what? But also when Ned Stark came back and it was like, it was cool, it was all a joke. 
<laughs> it was <laughs> rank, bro. <laughs> I did not yeah. read a single book this year. <laughs> I don't know how I feel. Who needs them? <laughs> wow. I feel like this episode is going to be the one that really cements our, our listenership, you know? I yeah, it, we, it's, we it's took the a one that's... week break and came back to this. Well, essentially, what, yeah. we're, what, what, so. what we're playing out is the breakdown of society, right? That that was 2019 in microcosm yes, in this episode. Exactly. Yeah, we are uh, the physiological effects of Donald Trump overdosing on a speedball. Yeah, yeah we are the we are the manifestation inside his dying brain in its final mo- as he experiences final brain death. This is what he hears. This episode, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love Big Macs. One thing I think, okay, it's been a shit year, um, and it, the next one's going to be shittier still. But um, I guess one thing that's kind of neat is that we still managed, even though we're bots, we still managed to kind of get together and talk about ideas and talk about the intersections of technology and politics and, you know, cultural things. And so that's kind of cool. Like, there's still the space for friendship. <laughs> what is with you today? <laughs> mean you're very after school special on this episode sorry that was part of the faulty programming i'm still working on that (laughs) anyway i hope anyone at home found this amusing and uh we will be back uh in roughly a week's time for what i assume will be a less antic episode um wherein we will uh, not be looking back at any time period from any time period uh we will merely be looking forward but uh you can find us on mastodon (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, <clears throat> if you if you uh, hop into the web archive, um, you can find our old tweets at uh, I'm at Hollow Mines, Morale is at Snootlet, uh, Rosemary is at RG Scherf with a C and an H, um, and uh, I'm missing someone. Oh yeah, I'm at Hollow Mines. I was at what? Hollow Mines what? back what? when Twitter existed. What you found a bug yeah. in the code? <laughs> what? What did I what did I do wrong? Rosemary's at RM Heather. No, Rose M. Heather, right that's Rose sorry, that's right. Rose M. Oh my goodness, we don't have something. Twitter anymore. We don't know how it works. I know, look, I forgot Hashtags. all the handles. Yeah. Are they handles? Um yes. and one of the five websites left uh live still is <laughs> hacks.fm where you can find uh our estimable archive of podcasts. And uh that's it. Thank y'all for listening. We'll be back next week. Thanks for making it this far, yeah, listeners. Thank In the cyber war. Well, hacks. I mean, Simon, you can edit that down to a tight 10. (laughs) That'll be about 15 minutes long, yeah. (laughs) I think there's some good stuff in there. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody responded because it's shit. Um. But I mean, part of this is a journey of like discovering what we're not good at, right? And we're not good at that. All right, well...